All right, well, good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome each one here today and hope that uh, what we're going to look at from the scriptures will be a blessing to each and every one of us. I'd like to um, continue my thoughts on a series that I'm doing called Fundamentals of the Faith. And the last number of times that I've spoken, I've spoken about the cross. And I just have to say, the cross is the central theme of the Bible. It's the central event in all of history. And it is so deep and so vast that you, you can hardly understand the tremendous depth of the cross. But I want to speak today about something that I will acknowledge to you I have struggled with. And um, I think that if I'm struggling with it, probably there's other people here that are also struggling with it. So I want to speak today about spiritual victory at the cross. Spiritual victory at the cross. See, the last number of um, messages that I've given, I've spoken about repentance, and I've spoken about the forgiveness of sins. Well, I want to speak primarily today to believers, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and show us from the scriptures how we can have spiritual victory over sin in our life. You see, each one of us have an enemy. We have the flesh, we have the world, and we have the devil. And these are enemies of our soul. And if you're like me, you probably struggle with some of these in your life. And you know, sometimes we, we feel like we're right on top of the world and we're, we're living for Christ and, and life is awesome. And then sometimes you go through major struggles in your life and you disappoint yourself and you disappoint others around you. Well, I wanna speak today from the scriptures and show us how we can gain spiritual victory over the enemies of our soul. The flesh, the world, and the devil. Um, we're going to start by reading from Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 and I'm going to read in verse 20. Galatians 2 and 20 Here's a well-known verse that Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, or I no longer live, yet not I, it's Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The power to live a spiritually victorious Christian life. The fundamental teaching of the cross, really, when I, when I looked at this in, in preparation, I, I, I found something that kind of surprised me. The fundamental teaching of the cross is that we as Christians should have victory over sin. 
But I learned something by this verse that I just read. And that is that Christ didn't just die for me at the cross. I also died in him. And when I understand that, and when I understand the truth and how it impacts my life, that I, in the eyes of God, have actually died in Christ. And my old self is gone. And I was buried, and God sees me as raised, walking in newness of life. And when I understand this truth, this is fundamental. Spiritual victory comes from death and resurrection. So if you look at this slide that I have up here, it says that death and resurrection gives us power over sinful habits. It gives us power to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's really the cross that gives believers the power to overcome sinful habits in their life. It's the cross that gives us power to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh, like it says in Galatians 5 and 16. But here's another one. It's the cross that gives us power over the pride of life. You see, a lot of us can tend to be pretty proud because we look on the outside, we look pretty good, you know, we, we live a pretty good life and maybe we compare ourselves to other people. When I understand who I really am, and when I understand what God has done for me, it takes me back to the cross. And really what it does is it humbles me because it shows me that I am just a lost, guilty sinner that Christ Jesus came into the world to save. It shows me that without Christ, I, I am nothing. And that humility delivers me from the pride of life. We know that pride is really the root source of all sin. If we go back to the very beginning, it was pride that took man down in his sinful condition. It's the cross that gives us the freedom to live in Christ. Not under bondage of sin, not under bondage of guilt, not under bondage of shame, not even under bondage of religion, but it gives us the freedom in Christ to live the way God wants us to be. You know, some of us struggle with shame. Some of us struggle with lack of self-worth. Maybe we struggle with comparing ourselves to other people and we, we just feel unworthy. When you get to the cross and you realize what God has done for you, it delivers you from all of those sinful afflictions. You know, it's really Christ that gives us the victory. If you look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57, it says that the sting of sin is death. But it says that God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know that the Lord Jesus actually came into the world to destroy death, and he did it by dying himself. 
It says in Hebrews 2 and verse 14 that through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death and delivered us, who all our lifetime we were subject to bondage. I also love that verse in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 10. It says that Christ our Savior appeared to abolish death, completely destroy death and bring us light and life through immortality. So for the Christian, death is swallowed up in victory. Also want to remind you of a verse in Galatians 5 and verse 1. Because if we can get a hold of this truth, it will give us power and strength to live the Christian life. Galatians 5 and verse 1, stand fast in the liberty, the freedom, wherewith Christ has made us free and do not be enslaved in bondage. So when we think of the power of the cross, it's much more than just delivering us from the penalty of our sins. This is delivering us from the power of sin, delivering us from what captivates us, what holds us down and weighs us down and, and, and holds us in bondage. Christ Jesus came into the world to deliver us from all of this. I love that verse in 1 John chapter 3, where it says that he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came, to totally destroy the enemy of our soul. And he did it through dying on the cross. So the fundamental teaching of the cross is that we as believers should have victory over sin. So I'd like to stop and ask us all today, as you think of your life, and you think of you know, what goes on in your daily routine, and how you live your life before your family, before people that you work with, um, and even in the, the private hours of our life. Do you as a believer enjoy victory over sin? You should and you can because of the cross. And I think that there's an encouragement here for each and every one of us that what Christ has done for us has delivered us not only from the eternal penalty of our sin, but from the power of sin. Now, we all don't struggle with the same things, okay? Some people struggle with things that other people don't struggle about. You know, some people are really struggling with pride, and others are, are just struggling with this, this feeling of lack of self-worth. Other people are struggling with the lust of the flesh. Other people are maybe struggling with religion. They think that they're better than everyone else. We all struggle with sin in our life. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But the point that I want to make is that the cross, the teaching of the cross gives us victory over sin. And I want to say this. It is incredibly important to see yourself the way God sees you. Not the way that you might imagine yourself to be, but what God says in his word. And if we take what God says in his word and we apply it to ourselves, we are going to have victory over sin. We're going to show you that as we, as we go through. All right, I've got four or five scripture readings that I want to share with you. 
So I'll put them up on the screen. First one that I want to read is 1 John 5 and verse 4. So let's turn to 1 John 5 and verse 4. It says, For everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. And then it says, This is the victory. I'm speaking today about spiritual victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. My point in reading this passage is to say this. Spiritual victory comes by faith. Okay? It's something that you need to take for yourself and apply it to your own heart. God says it, and I believe it, and spiritual victory comes by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read at verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Now, in the previous chapter, he has just gone through all the heroes of the faith. He's talked about all these people in history that believed God, and their faith was counted for righteousness. And then he gets to chapter 12, and he says to these Jewish believers that are struggling, he said, Wherefore, seeing that ye also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us. Okay? This is not something that's unique to you, to me. In every generation, believers have struggled with sin. Believers have been entangled with sin. Even after we're saved, don't think it's strange if you still wrestle with sin. The Bible says that we are to lay aside every weight and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, fixing our eye. Fixing our eye on Jesus, who is the pioneer, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So now he brings us to the cross. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, he brings us to the cross, and he says he despised the shame and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your mind. Look at verse 4. It says, King James says, Ye have not resisted unto blood. But the NIV says, You struggle against sin. This is so true. Consider him, the Lord Jesus, when you struggle against sin. And remember that he is the one who is able to deliver you, who is able to give you power over sin. So my main point 
in Hebrews chapter 12 is spiritual victory comes by looking unto Jesus. Okay, so 1 John 4 and 5, spiritual victory comes by faith. Hebrews chapter 12, spiritual victory comes by looking unto Jesus. Now let's go to the next one. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. This is an incredible passage of great teaching about the cross. Romans chapter 6, and I want to read starting at verse 3. Know ye not that as many of you who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Okay, remember what I said about the fundamental truth of the cross? That it's not just that Christ died for me. The teaching of Scripture is that I died in him at the cross. We're going to get that in this passage. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, God says, the Bible says, you have died with him and you are buried with him into death. Keep going. That as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So here, not only do we have death with Christ and burial with Christ, we have, we have resurrection with Christ. We are now walking in newness of life. For if you have been planted together in likeness of his death, we shall also be in likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, what's that? We're going to come to that. That our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, and that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead, that's you and me, is freed from sin. So God sees us as having died with Christ on the cross, and God sees us as having been freed from sin. Then it says, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now catch this next three verses. Reckon you yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lusts. Neither yield yourself members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you're under grace. Then he goes on to verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are, whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that whereas ye were the servants of sin, ye have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, and you are being made free from sin. You have become the servants of 
of righteousness. Spiritual victory comes by applying the work of the cross to me personally. Now, I don't know if every believer gets that, but I know this, every believer struggles with sin. And when we struggle with sin, a couple things happen. First thing you think is, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. Second thing is you say, how could I possibly have done that? I must not be saved. Or maybe you start thinking, did I lose my salvation? Let me be very, very, very clear. Every single person that has repented of their sin and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ has eternal life and will never perish. John chapter 10 says, I give unto my sheep eternal life and they shall never perish. So I'm going to say this to you for your encouragement. Even though you and I struggle with sin, if we've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, we will never perish. You have eternal life, but there's a struggle. I read in Galatians 2 and verse 20, the fundamental truth of how God sees me in Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Well, wait a minute. It says I was crucified. Exactly. My old self, all that I am in Adam, all that I am in my state of condemnation, God sees as having been crucified with Christ. And it's dead and buried and gone. But I have new life. And I'm raised to walk in newness of life. I have new life in Christ. I'm a whole new creation. Isn't that what 2 Corinthians 5 says? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And all things are are become new. So there's two different aspects of this, and this is what is so confusing. Because in myself, I don't see all my old habits gone. But God sees all my old habits gone. Because God has judicially judged them. He has forgiven them. They are under the blood. Past, present, and future sins. The moment that I repented and trusted Christ as my Savior, all my sins are forgiven. They're gone. But I still struggle with sin. Why is that? I have to explain something that I think is very, very important. Make no mistake about this. Every believer struggles with sin. The Bible says that. In fact, John writing to believers in 1 John 1 and verse 8 said, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The reason that we struggle with sin is something that I need to point out to you because this, this right here is fundamental truth. 
And if you don't understand this, you will be discouraged and confused in your Christian life. This is the reason that we struggle with sin. Because every believer has two natures. We have what's called the flesh, and we have what's called the spirit. And if you read in Galatians 5 and 16, it says this. It says, walk in the spirit that you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the Bible says that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Okay, so every believer has two natures and they are at war amongst each other. There's this battle raging. The Bible says that the flesh is the natural man, okay? It's sinful. And unfortunately, when you get saved, you don't lose that nature. You still got that. I don't know if you guys have discovered that or not, but you still have it. And there's still this battle. And maybe you have these desires to do things that you know were wrong. And you think, why is that desire still here? Bible says it's here. It's the old sinful nature. It's called the flesh. The opposite to that is the new man. It's what God puts upon every believer in our very heart and soul is the spirit of God. Okay? Ephesians 1 and verse 14 says, upon believing, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. So at the moment that you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God comes to live within your body. You are the temple. 1 Corinthians 6. You are the temple of the living God. And the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your body. But you still have this old nature. So if you look at the slide, you've got the old man and you have the new man. When you were unsaved, you're under the law. You're under condemnation. Maybe there's people here today and you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have never repented of your sin and if you have never placed personal faith in Jesus Christ, you only have one nature. You have the natural man that you inherited all the way back from Adam with his sinful nature that's been passed on. You're under law, you're under condemnation, and what's really awful and unfortunate is you are subject to eternal death because of your sin. But there's great news. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He died on the cross, his blood was shed, and he offers salvation to everyone that's willing to acknowledge their sin to God, repent, and believe on Jesus Christ, and you'll have the forgiveness of your sins. Now, when you do that, at that very moment, you inherit a new nature. And the Spirit of God takes up residence in you. And now, all of a sudden, you got new desires. You want to read your Bible. You want to pray. 
You, you just, you're walking around thanking God for this day, for his grace, for his mercy. You probably want to even go out in the streets and tell somebody the gospel. You want to give out tracts. You want to say, hey, have you heard this good news? My sins are forgiven. I got eternal life. You can have it too. Where, where does that come from? I got to tell you, that's, that's not natural. That comes from God. That is the spirit of God inside of you. Now, when that happens, you're on the right side of this page. You're under grace. You're not under law anymore. You are no more condemned. You are a child of God, and you are able for the first time in your life to live pleasing to God. Okay? I want to prove to you that this is true. If you go to Romans 8 and verse 8, it says this. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. I believe that's what it says. Let me just be absolutely sure. Romans 8 and verse 8. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That's what the Bible says. It also says in Hebrews 11 and 6 that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So once you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you got the new man. You got power to live pleasing to God. You're not under any condemnation. You're freed from all sin. You can walk justified before God, cleared from all guilt of sin. But you still got the old nature. You still got this battle. You still got this struggle. And this discourages a lot of people because they don't really understand it. Bible says that the flesh is carnal. Okay, what does that mean? It's earthly. It's got earthly desires. But the Bible says that the Spirit gives us heavenly desires. Bible says that those that are in the flesh are under this federal head of Adam. Remember I talked years, it's probably a couple years ago, I talked about two federal heads, Adam and Satan. You remember that? So the Bible says that in Adam, all die. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 15. In Adam, all die. So those people that have never repented of their sin and never trusted Christ as their Savior, they are going to die because of their sin, and there's going to be eternal death because of sin. How do I know that? Romans 6 and 23. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in Adam, all die. In Christ, all shall be made alive. <laughs> Guys, this is awesome. In Christ, you will be made alive. Which means the moment that you die, you enter into eternal life forever. And you will never perish. Bible says... That in the flesh, you cannot please God. And so, living in the Spirit 
gives us spiritual victory over the flesh. Now, if you want to know what the flesh will produce in your life, go to Galatians 5. And if you want to know what the Spirit will produce in your life, go to Galatians 5. So let's just turn over to Galatians 5. You know, this is really interesting. We could all do a little bit of a survey here, okay? Individually, you look at your life, and uh, it says in verse 18, Galatians 5 and 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. Now, these are the works of the flesh, okay? And they are manifested. Adultery, sexual immorality, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, wrath, divisions, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the like. Those are characteristics that describe people that are living in their natural state, living in the flesh. And then he goes on in verse 22 and he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, and against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, and let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So we got these two natures, the flesh and all the list of sins there, and we have the Spirit and all these beautiful fruits of the Spirit. And sometimes as Christians, we actually exhibit the fruits of the flesh. But the pattern of our life should be predominantly living in the fruit of the Spirit. So, how do you live victorious as a Christian? That's my point. How do we live spiritually a victorious life with victory over sin? Well, I'm going to tell you how. Let's get back to the cross. The power to live the Christian life is a mindset that is fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a real interesting verse in Romans 13 and verse 14, and it says this, put on Christ. Put on Christ. And that original Greek word is like putting on a garment. It, it's a willful act of putting on Christ. And then it says, make no provision for the flesh. Living a victorious Christian life, living in the power of the cross is a mindset. I got four points that I want to make here. First of all, it's your vision. Remember what we read in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1? We got to walk through this world looking unto Jesus with our eyes fixed on Jesus. Can I just say this? 
Don't get taken up with this world around you. It will sink you. It will, it will discourage you. You look at the news, you turn on the TV, you see the internet, it's all the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. It is all of the world. It is not of the Father, and it is empty, absolutely empty. Where's your vision today? Could I just encourage you? Lift your vision and look unto Jesus. Could I also say this? Don't look at other people. I might not be the faithful Christian that you would hope that I would be, and you might not be either. And we might see failure in one another. We might even see failure in this church. God forbid, we might even see failure in leadership. We might even see failure in many, many things. Do you know how many people have been discouraged, distracted, and downcast because they've looked at other people? They've looked at circumstances? They've looked at discouraging things in your life? No. God says, looking unto Jesus. Could I just challenge you today? Whatever you got in your week ahead of you, just get up every morning with this commitment mindset in your heart. I'm going to look unto Jesus. I'm going to lock my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to fix my attention on Jesus. And I'm going to willfully lay aside every sin and the weight that just so easily entangles me. And I'm going to fix my eye on Jesus. He is the author, the pioneer, the finisher of my faith. And you know what? He's my mentor. Could I say this? You need a mentor. Everybody needs a mentor. As a believer in Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus is your mentor. He is the one who has left a perfect example. What did Peter say? He said he has left us an example that we should follow his steps. He did no sin. In him, there was no sin. He didn't retaliate when people threatened him. He just walked before God. Are you walking with the Lord Jesus? Could I challenge all of us today, myself included? We need to walk with the Lord Jesus. You've heard that expression, he's walking with the Lord. What does that mean? He's walking with the Lord. What does that mean? Enoch walked with God. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. I want to challenge myself today. Is my vision on Christ? It needs to be. Because this is how I'm going to gain spiritual victory. Not focusing on the world. Not even focusing on my failures. Not even focusing on other people. But focusing on Jesus Christ. My vision. But I need to have a fundamental belief. And this is where I think we all need teaching. I need this teaching. When you read Galatians 2 and 20 and Romans 6, you're going to get something at the cross that I think is fundamental. I have died with Christ. And so God wants me to apprehend the work of Christ and apply it to myself by faith. God wants me to see myself as God sees me. Having died with Christ and all my sin is gone. 
Realistically, it's not because I still struggle. But judicially, in the sight of God, it is forever gone. God doesn't see it anymore. I'm no longer condemned. It's been paid for, put away, it's forgiven. So God says, have this mindset. Reckon yourself to be dead to sin. Why? Because that's the way God sees me. God sees me as dead to sin. So I need to say to myself, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to do that. I got power to say, no, that is wrong. And so I'm going to reckon myself to be dead to sin. Maybe it's fear that you're struggling with. You got to reckon yourself to be dead to sin. You got to say, I'm not going to be afraid of that because God has given me power to overcome that. So remember this, you got two natures, you got a choice if you're a believer. You can follow the flesh and you can go back into bondage or you can say no to the flesh and you can follow the spirit and you can reckon yourself to be dead to sin and alive unto God. And so you don't yield the members of your life to serve sin anymore. You're yielding the members of your body to serve God because he's freed you from sin. So living in the power of the cross is to have vision, is to have a fundamental belief system that what God says is true and you're going to follow it. And then have your mind fixed on Christ. What did Philippians 2 say? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Have that mind fixed in Christ. And what about our body? Yield your body as members to God in obedience to follow what God's asked you to do. So, you and I struggle with this. I could ask you this question. Anybody that you know in the Bible struggle with this? I'm going to give you two quick examples. I think this is important. First of all, the Apostle Paul. You said, what? The Apostle Paul struggled with sin? Yes, he did. I am so thrilled that he wrote Romans chapter 7. I'm so thrilled because I can relate to it. Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 15 to verse 25, it says, Paul said, as he looked at himself, I don't even understand what I do. What I would do, that I do not. What I hate, that I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. I find this, this struggle, this battle within me that when I would do right, evil is present with me. And he says, I got no power to do this. That's right. But when he looks to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's delivered from that power of sin and his victory. How about Peter? Did Peter struggle with sin? Oh, he certainly did. Luke 22, the Lord said, Simon, Satan's desire to have you, he's going to shake you. And, and, and Peter says, oh, no, not me. I'm not going to deny the Lord. What does he do? He goes out and he denies the Lord three times. And he goes out and weeps bitterly. He struggled with sin. You know what's amazing? In Galatians chapter 2, he struggled with sin again. This is now not denying the Lord. This is religious sin. He says, I'm not going to eat with those Gentiles. Are you kidding me? Acts chapter 10, the Lord gives him this huge vision. And he says, rise and eat. And he says, no, no, not, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. But God says, what I have cleansed, call not thou unclean. And so 
Paul actually faces Peter right to the face and he says, you are wrong. You have sinned and you need to change your thinking. So here's a, a man of God that walked with the Lord Jesus and he still struggled with sin. So guys, be encouraged. There are many people that struggle with sin, but we have power and we have the victory over sin. We have the victory because of the cross. By believing what God says, God has given us the victory. So in conclusion, I want to leave you three, maybe four words of encouragement. Number one, don't lose your vision. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Number two, don't lose your faith. Yeah, you might struggle, but don't lose your faith. Christ died and rose again to set you free, and he has justified you. Number three, don't lose your mind. Reckon yourself to be dead to sin and have the right mindset in following Christ. And number four, don't lose your hope. You know what? It doesn't matter how bad it gets in this life, how much you battle sin. Jesus said this, because I live, ye shall live also. And our hope is fixed in Christ. And no matter what happens to us in this life, our sins are forgiven. We are not condemned. We are the children of God. And you need to live the way God sees you and enjoy the freedom that God has brought you into in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the power of the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you judged our sin in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ when he died on the cross. The Bible says that him who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might be made righteous in the sight of God. Lord, help us to claim by faith this position that you have brought us into, and that each one of us today will leave this place and walk before you in the power of the Spirit, not in the lust of the flesh, and that we would enjoy the blessings, the eternal blessings that you have brought us into in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the encouragement of your word, and we pray that you would bless us each this week and bring us to our homes in safety and help us to enjoy God's presence in our daily lives. We ask your blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.